good morning and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I am so happy that you have joined our program for today. Uh, we are continuing today our study of underdogs of the Bible. Uh, this is uh, something that I came up with a few weeks ago, and we have spent the last few weeks studying Gideon as a servant of God and as someone unexpected and who really came with victory in a very unexpected way by the power of God and so much that we can learn from Gideon. And so we, we completed our study of Gideon last week. And so today we are going to begin uh, a new person, a new study uh, within this theme of underdogs of the Bible. Today we are going to be discussing Moses, Moses as a man of God. And certainly Moses was a very strong servant of God. He was a, a strong man, spiritually speaking. And he did great things. Uh, we think of Moses and how he led the children of Israel in um, their wilderness wanderings, how he led them out of Egypt. and um, He did so much for the people of God. And you might look at Moses as maybe one of the greats because Moses, uh, he had a very different relationship with God than anybody else. Moses uh, had what we would call a face-to-face -face relationship with God. Not that he saw God's face, per se, uh, as we're told elsewhere in Scripture, that anyone that were to do so would die. But, but he had that kind of relationship, that he could talk to God in a way that no one else could. And so as we look at Moses and we look at his life, we look at, at how he served God, we see that he was very special. He, he was instrumental in bringing the commands of God to the people, and that was very important. Uh, just so much about his life that, that makes him an important person. So you might ask the question, well, what makes Moses an underdog? Because he was one of the Bible greats. Well, we're going to look at his beginnings today. And as we look at, at his beginnings from birth on, we see that, that, that there are many things that make Moses an unexpected hero of the Bible in different ways. And so that's what we're going to discuss. Uh, before we uh, really get into our lesson and before we really get into our prayer, one thing that I thought I would uh, take the time to uh, announce, this is something that I feel is very exciting in regard to according to the scriptures. Uh, we have been working for the last week or so uh, on trying to make it an, uh, an official podcast. And we, we have been doing this on TGRN for um, a while. <laughs> um, I, I think I can trace the, the roots back to at least 2014, uh, maybe 2015. Um, but the roots of this program go, go back that far, beginning in my days at Gilroy, and, and I brought it over here uh, when I began working with the Mars Hill Congregation. Uh, so we've been doing this program for a while, 
Um, but we've been trying to, to make it into an iTunes podcast so that you can go through Apple and find us there. Not just on TGRN, but, but I will be able to, to post these programs um, as archived programs on um, the, the podcast. So you can look up uh, right now, it is Mars Hill Church of Christ. Uh, I've been, I'm hoping that maybe we can change the name of it to according to the scriptures directly. Um, but it is linked to the, the web page. And because of that, it is under Mars Hill Church of Christ. Uh, but um, here in the next day or so, you should be able to go on at least the, the Apple podcast app, uh, anything that supports Apple iTunes, and you should be able to look up Mars Hill Church of Christ. And the, the According to the Scriptures banner is on there as a picture. You'll see that. Um, and all the, the programs, at least for the last couple of months or so, um, I think longer. Um, but you should be able to, to find all of those programs on that podcast. And not just that, but, but also the, the sermons that I preach at Mars Hill, uh, I record those. And so those are also posted on that podcast. So you'll have access not just to the Tuesday program of According to the Scriptures, but also the morning and evening sermons uh, that I have been preaching, actually going back to 2017. And so um, uh, a very long list of of sermons and lessons that you can go through, um, but all of the things that we've been doing on Tuesdays uh, will be posted on that podcast. So like I said, you should be able to find that in the next couple of days and maybe that will make the program a little bit more accessible um, in that not only can you go to the website and, and listen to those programs from our Mars Hill Church of Christ website, marshillcoc.org, uh, but you'll also be able to, to really carry them with you anywhere that you would listen to a podcast. I know that uh, in recent days, because I've done a lot of walking, um, I've picked up not just music, and listening to music, but also podcasts, and I can listen to those on the go, and and so you should be able to to do that as well with your phone or iPod or, or whatever you may have. Uh, you can do it with with your devices and and carry that with you. And so we're looking for for ways that we can improve the listening uh, to this program. Uh, so continue to listen on Tuesdays, and if you miss it, you should be able to find that podcast. And so. Um, I, I'm looking forward to, to having that available to you. And, and I should know more uh, next week as far as to, you know, making sure that, that all of this works the way that I think it is. Um, but um, but anyway, some good things that, that you can look forward to. So um, with that, we'll get into our lesson for today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for your word, for the ability that we have to study together, to to be a part of, of uh, this and to, to understand your word together a little more fully than, than we have before. We are thankful for every opportunity that we have to, to immerse ourselves in your word, knowing your will. 
Help us to be able to do your will, to uh, set a good example for those around us. And we are so thankful for, for every opportunity that you give us. We pray, Father, that you would continue to bless us and care for us as your people. We pray, Father, that you would bless us as a nation, as part of, uh, of the nation that we live in. We are, are thankful to be able to, to live in the freedoms that we enjoy. We thank you for the ability that we have to serve you without fear of harm or persecution. We pray, Father, that you would bless us, though, as, as we are, are in some very trying times. And we're trying to, to get our lives back in a, a normal routine. And, and some of us have been able to go back to work. And, and we are thankful for that. But we also pray, Father, that you would bless us and, and help us to, to, to stay away from, from this virus that has been going around. And, and we pray, Father, that you would, would help us to, to bring the, the numbers to a minimum. We are thankful for those that have recovered, but we also pray for those who, who have not, those who are still uh, fighting, and those who are still uh, just trying to survive. Um, those that, that will pass, as we know that, that there are still many who will pass from this, this disease. and We pray, Father, that you would bless their families, provide them with comfort. We pray that you would continue to bless all those around us. Uh, again, bless our example to the world. Help us to be shining lights in the darkness that we often live in. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to remain faithful to you so that in the end, Whenever we face judgment, that we will be able to hear those words, well done. And we pray, Father, that you would, would just guide us, that we would look to you for guidance. We pray that you bless our congregations. And we thank you for the lives that you give us. It is through Jesus that we pray. Amen. All right, as we get into our lesson for today, we're going to begin in the book of Exodus. And like I said, we're looking at Moses here. A man of God, we're looking at some of his humble beginnings and, and, and what led up to him serving God in the way that he did. Did you know that Moses was not always the confident servant that he was when he led the people out of Egyptian bondage? Whenever he went before Pharaoh and spoke to him on behalf of God, Moses wasn't always that confident person. And we're going to see that in his early life, even going back to um, all the way back to his birth. I do want to, to look that far. Uh, I want to look at Exodus chapter 1, and we're going to look at the, the tail end of that chapter. We begin in verse 22. In Exodus chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. This is a proclamation by the king, by the pharaoh of Egypt. And so what he is, is, is I guess, suggesting here, as far as what the people are to do, he is afraid of the numbers of Israel. And so Moses is born into a time when it is not lawful for male children to live. They are supposed to be put to death. 
And yet Moses' mother, whenever she sees him, she is more afraid maybe of God and what God might do should she put him to death than she is of the Egyptian government. And so we pick up in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 1, we begin reading of Moses' birth. Exodus chapter 2 and beginning with verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked alongside the, or along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Now, you would think that her being Pharaoh's daughter, that, that you know, she would obviously be mindful of the command of the Pharaoh, the, her father, as she is his daughter. Uh, she would know of his command, and she would know that, that the male children were to be put to death. And she recognized this child as one of the Hebrew children, and I'm sure she recognized that he had been placed where he had been because the mother was afraid to put him to death. There's a lot that, that Pharaoh's daughter probably understood that we can infer from, from what is taking place around her. But in verse 7, it says that, that uh, of course, well, actually in verse 6, it says that she had compassion on him. And she recognized uh, his origin. But in verse 7, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? So uh, Miriam here is following Moses. She is watching over him, and she recognizes now that Pharaoh's daughter has him. Well, would you like me to take him to one of the the Hebrew women, so that they can nurse him for you. Well, that's a, a good idea. And Pharaoh's daughter conceded. She said, go. And so Miriam, who else is she going to go to? She's going to go to her mother, to Moses' mother. And she goes back to her and brings Moses back. So for three months, uh, Moses gets to be in the presence of his mother, and uh, I believe it was three months. But anyway, um, he gets to, to be with her for at least a little while. And um, so anyway, he has this upbringing and he has this, this origin with the Hebrews. And yet he is going to be raised in Pharaoh's palace. He's going to be raised under the, the guidance of, of Pharaoh's daughter. And, and so we see that Moses had, um, uh, I believe, the three months. I think I'm thinking 
of the beginning of his life, the three months that he was with his mother uh, then before she put him in the bulrushes and all of that. But uh, anyway, he gets to, to, to go and be a part of the kingdom, uh, Pharaoh's house. So we see that he has this, this humble beginning, that he is born in a time when, when male children were not meant to live. And yet he lives. He he survives. He 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 even goes to on to be royalty. Well, we see that there comes a time when Moses has to flee, and he is not able to stay because of a sin that he commits. He 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 commits the sin of murder. He kills someone, and that's important. Uh, murder is universally seen. It doesn't matter really where you come from or what kind of background you have. It doesn't matter what people you may be associated with and and what morals really that that you come from. But universally, it is widely considered that murder is is one of the most heinous crimes, one of the greatest crimes against humanity. And morally speaking, it is wrong, not just on God's terms, but on man's terms. It is morally wrong to kill someone. Well, this is going to affect Moses' life because in chapter 2 and verse 11, we read this. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he thought no one was watching. He even looked, which says a lot about his conscience. He wanted to make sure that nobody was watching. He knew exactly what he was doing. As a matter of fact, I, I believe that we could, could safely say that this is premeditated murder in that he knew what he was doing. He was conscious, it, conscious of it. It wasn't just a random act. It wasn't something that was done out of an accident. He made sure no one was looking. You know, as children, we may do things and and whenever we, we have, in, in time past, sought to do something that we know is not right, maybe it's against our parents' rules, uh, we look this way and that way to make sure that they're not watching whenever we, we do something. Maybe it's more of a, a subconscious thing for younger children to do that, but uh, even getting older, going to, on to be teenagers and even adults. Whenever we know that we're doing something wrong, we're going to look this way and that way to make sure that no one is watching, or at least the wrong people, as far as our minds are concerned, make sure that the wrong person doesn't see it. Moses knew what he was doing. He looked this way and that way, according to Exodus chapter 2 and verse 12. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian. And he hid him in the sand. He knew that he had done wrong and, and it couldn't be found out. So he hid him in the sand. We pick up with verse 13. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to one who did the wrong, 
for the one who did the wrong? Why are you striking your companion? And he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. In verse 16, now the priests of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And, and it goes on from there. But what we realize here is that, that Moses has committed a sin. He has committed a sin against God, a sin against man. Pharaoh knew that this was wrong. And whenever Pharaoh found out about it, even though Moses had been raised in the palace, he sought to kill him. And so Moses has to flee, and he flees to a place called Midian. Now, one of the things that we find very interesting, and something, that, or at least something I find interesting, goes back to, to something that we find in the New Testament. Put your finger in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to come back. But I want us to look for a moment at Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. And here we read of a sermon that was delivered by Stephen, or at least we could call it a sermon. Uh, Stephen was, was at that point on trial, and, and um, he was presenting his case. And ultimately, uh, the people thought he was blaspheming God. And so they had him put to death. He was stoned. We know that Saul, being Paul, uh, later on was consenting to his death. But in all of uh, the things that, that Stephen was talking about, in Acts chapter 7, he makes a very important point and something that we don't know except that it is recorded in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 7, beginning with verse 23 and reading through verse 25, it says this. Now, when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed. And struck down the Egyptian. Why did he do that? Well, we find that out in verse 25. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would, would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. You see, Moses thought that because he was initially thinking that he was going to deliver the people that they would understand that he's going to deliver them. And, and that was his thinking when he killed the Egyptian. He sees an Egyptian striking a Hebrew. I'm going to deliver these people. And it's going to start right here with this one Egyptian. And he kills him. And he hides him. Kind of interesting that he thinks that he's going to deliver the people. And yet he hides his wrong. But... That's, that's his mindset, and we don't know his mindset outside of what Stephen says in the New Testament. How can Stephen know this? Well, no other way but by the inspiration of God. And we have the, the inspiration of writers, but we also have the inspiration uh, of those that speak the truth. 
Uh, they, they were inspired to speak the things that they did. But we don't know that un- until we get to the New Testament. So it's very important to tie the two together. Now, I want to, to keep that in mind. The mindset of Moses was that he was going to deliver the people of Israel from their bondage, from their oppression. And it's going to begin with this Egyptian. And he kills him for that reason. Yet when his, this murder is found out about, uh, he, he flees. He has to go to, to Midian. Now, 40 years later, uh, from what I, from what we gather from Scripture, he was 40 years old, somewhere about 40 years old, when he fled to Midian. And 40 years from that point, from what we, we read about, uh, of course, Acts chapter 7 is where we, we understand that Moses is 40 years old uh, whenever all of this happened when the the murder happens. Well, 40 years later, he's in Midian. He's living in Midian. He is married. He has children. And so he is living here. And now 40 years later, God calls him to lead his people out of bondage. And that's where we pick up in Exodus chapter 3 with Moses and the burning bush. Uh, We're going to have to stop there because we're we're out of time. Uh, But next week, Lord willing, I would like for us to to look at the reasons that he gives that maybe he shouldn't serve God. He, He goes from being very confident that he is going to lead God's people, the Hebrews, out of their oppression, out of their bondage to Egypt and to Pharaoh, He's confident that he is their deliverer and that they should know this. Forty years from that point, after he's been living in Midian all of this time, he's had a quiet life. And God, God comes to him in the form of a burning bush and says, you're going to lead my people out of bondage. Moses doesn't know who God is talking about. His confidence is not there. And that makes him... Uh, one of the least likely candidates to lead God's people. And yet, that's exactly what he's going to do. But we'll pick up there, Lord willing, next week, uh, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. I want to thank you for for being a part of this program today and a part of this study. And I hope that that it has been beneficial to you. Uh, I, again, invite you to contact us and, um, you know, let me know. Uh, if you have any ideas, anything that we can do to make the, the program better, um, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, anything that, that we could add to our study, uh, then please feel free to submit that. You can send it to my email, which is bkweb, bkwebb519 at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website at marshillcoc.org marshillcoc.org you can send us a message from the website all of our um, audio programs are there we now have video on there also uh, so you can look at at certain lessons that we've done uh, bible time thing that i've been doing recently uh, all of that is there Um, but anyway we would like for to hear from you if you would like to contact us and uh, just let us know 
anything that you'd like to let us know if we can help you. We'd be glad to do that. Thank you again for being with me today. I'll look forward to being with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And until we meet again, may God bless you. Oh, <laughs>